You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Wow, a little over-the-top action. Across the... How's it go? It's across the sky. Sky. It's not really that hard. Something, 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 only you and I. has the most romantic movie about a man and his son. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Is it? Did you... Have you ever heard the... You ever listened to the How Did This Get Made podcast? Uh, I don't recognize other podcasts aside from our own. Gotcha. Joke. Well, I understand, but there are other podcasts, and they are also a podcast that talks about like movies, bad movies. What? Uh, and uh, and they did an episode about over the top. Oh yeah, and it was so awesome because they were like making all these points about how it's oh, like shit. a romantic comedy about a man and his son, and like they hit it on all points. Yeah, and it's like wow, this yeah. really is like the formula for a rom com. Scratching that off our list. This is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. My name's Joel, and this is where we come to talk about movies. Like I said, sometimes we talk about bad. Bad movies. Uh, oftentimes, we talk about movies that are misunderstood. Sometimes they're just not given the proper credit that is due. Uh, whatever the case, Joel and I will check that movie out, mm-hmm. and then we come here to this forum to discuss that movie with each other and with you, our lovely, lovely listeners. But mostly each other. Uh, this this week was uh, was Joel's pick. Speaking of rom coms, uh, man, man, we had a long day. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm, I hit the wall an hour ago. So oh, I'm are we really, gonna are we gonna I'm play really this gonna, game, Joe? I'm gonna. St- well, well, I'm just <laughs> we're gonna I'm play giving, who's tireder. I'm giving who's tireder. Tireder. I just invented I that know, word. I don't for know right if now. that's a good word to invent. Who's who's more? I wouldn't, I wouldn't stick your flag on that. Who done more tired? <laughs> <laughs> I believe is the cor- correct uh, grammatically. Uh, Jeff and I did some moving. Uh, we had to what? move some furniture around. Oh, okay. I just had to sit on a plane for four yeah, hours. No, you win. Sir, Sarah's sister needed to get some stuff moved out, some furniture that Sarah wanted. So I had to, Jeff and I moved some of that stuff out oh. and uh, brought it up into my apartment. And then we went out to Duncanville. Oh, by and the then, way. And then fucked on it. Uh, <laughs> Went and saw went and saw Brian at Duncanville Bookstore. Yeah, and he uh, <gasps> what he sent that Schwag. for you. Holy shit! Oh, nice. Yes. I I should describe to the listener what I'm holding. Holding my hands. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles meets the Ghostbusters crossover comic book. Yes, sir. Interesting. That was a little thank you from him for inviting him out to your uh, soiree. Oh, dude, he didn't have to do that. But uh, well, uh, Brian, if 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 this is your ruse in order to get invited to more shit. Uh, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Because damn, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, uh, he thought you'd appreciate it, especially because of I the do. movie choice of the night. You I'm gonna, know, I'm going to sleep with this tonight. Uh, you should make love. To uh, it. All right. So, uh, so yeah. No, it's it's kind of it's been it's been a long one. Uh, mm-hmm. And so this week was Joel's pick. Uh, he wanted to go a little a little rom com with it. Well, and Joe, I've said this many times before. Because how many romantic comedies have we done on this on this episode on this podcast? Uh, well, let me count. You did uh, thirteen going on thirty, which Birdemic. No, no, I don't think that counts. Man, Ernest scared there's stupid. A, there's a love scene in it. Ernest scared stupid. You can make a with case for him and that little her, kid. Her dirty feet. God. Oh, I forgot Richard about that. Dirty feet, Masters I'd of the repressed universe. that memory. No, Joe, these are not romantic no, comedies. That was a romantic comedy. Who's who's the romantic lead in that? Dolph that Lundgren, Dolph and, Lundgren and who? And, uh, Monica from Friends? No, Gwildor. <laughs> the, little, the little dwarf? <laughs> yes. It was lovely. I could see that. I, I will never that watch that movie the same okay, way no, again. Okay, no, you're right. You're right. I, I see the point that you're trying to make. We do not do a whole lot of romantic comedy. And there is a wealth stuff. of uh, bad romantic comedies uh, out a, a there. A wealth of bad romantic comedies that are completely worth talking about. And this was not one of them. Oh, yeah, you don't think so? No, I, I don't. <laughs> it's so middle of the road, isn't it? Uh, you know what? I say that, but I think we're going to touch on a few things. I don't think we'll have problems. They're gonna be, it's it's going to be kind of interesting. The, the, the film that you chose for this week mm-hmm. is uh, the, a couple of 
they they didn't win any Oscars at that point. Well, Ben Affleck had won an Oscar for writing Goodwill Hunting. He had. So allegedly, this is this is before uh, uh, what's her name though Sandra Bullock, uh, Sandra Bullock yeah. got her her the blind Oscar side. for the Blind Side, which I think was a complete gimme. Yeah, yeah I think it was a total. Well, gimme. you know what the Academy does. Every now and then they like to honor a, a, a body of work, and you could debate whether what, the she net? merited it while you were sleeping. <laughs> you know that that Sandy Bullock in While You Were Sleeping, Love Potion know, Number Nine. Love Don't Potion, forget about that Mystic Pizza. Oh, was she in that? I think she was like a, was Julia a minor Roberts. character, but she was one of the minor characters in oh, it as well. Interesting. So minor, I, I don't remember her. Yeah. Uh, what Do you remember Sandra Bullock in that movie, The Vanishing, the remake of The Vanishing? I do not. With Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges would like kidnap women, and what he did was he kidnapped Sandra Bullock, and Kiefer Sutherland played her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And so like he kept sending Kiefer Sutherland like messages, like, if you want to know where she is, you have to experience everything she experienced. And it all happens and in so 24 he, hours? So he, Yeah, and he like he kidnaps uh, Kiefer Sutherland and like buries buries him alive underground. Wow. And like he has to dig himself out. Holy shit. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. It went dark. But that was one of the first movies I remember seeing her in. Mm. Um, I remember... I completely enjoyed way more than Forces uh, of Nature. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry. Well, now, was this your first time seeing this movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Didn't I, get dragged to it like I did back no, in 1999. I was, I was working... I can't remember. I think I was working for Mix 1029 mm-hmm. at the time. And we humble had, brag. We had done no, no, no. It wasn't a humble <laughs> brag. I, but I remember doing like we would do movie screenings, yeah. radio station movie screenings, and I'm pretty sure like I did the intro for this. Like, hey guys, thanks for coming out. We're giving away some T-shirts. Remember coming up this weekend? Mm-hmm. We got the big giveaway. We're gonna have Asia coming into town playing the American Airlines Center. The entire uh, continent. Yeah, gonna, yeah the oh, entire wow. Or the band. Joel. It is big enough. Or the band to fit. Or the band. Okay. Or the band. <laughs> For the band. For the band. For the, the band. band. The band. <laughs> little Scotty Pilgrim reference for you the, hardcore uh, fans out there. So so I remember doing an intro before this movie, but I didn't. It was one of the many movies I didn't stay and watch. <laughs> you skipped out after I the skipped intro? skipped out. I wasn't interested. I guess you didn't have to do an outro, huh? No. Pre-recorded. No <laughs> Pre-recorded. We'll do it live. <laughs> Hologram Joe. Uh, yes. That'd be awesome. Uh, and so, uh, so, yeah, I had not seen this movie. All I'd seen were some trailers. Uh, I've got to say, like, right off the bat, mm-hmm. this movie was not shot like a romantic comedy should be shot. No. It looked like a Tony Scott film. You said Tony Scott. I said Terry Gilliam of Monty Python Yeah, fame. that's not bad. There it, was a bit of a 12 Monkeys kind of look It's, to it's this because movie. it's always, he's got this crazy fisheye lens on for the most, I'm saying yeah. he, is it a female? It was a woman, a woman that Female directed, director, yeah. right? She's got this crazy fisheye lens on and uh, there's always uh, these Dutch angles. There was, so, yeah, there were so many Dutch angles. All over the place. Uh-huh. Like almost intentionally. Especially coming off of Ernest after watching that Ernest movie. <laughs> yes, like, I know. I was like, wow, there's some Surprisingly, a lot of Dutch angles in this movie. Uh, Difficult to watch on a plane, by the way, because it's like, I need bearing. I need to know what's level, where's the horizon. Especially in the first, like, the first 15 minutes where there's a plane crash sequence. Uh, Yeah, that was was really uncomfortable for the passengers sitting around me, by the way. A normal person would have shut that off or just not chosen to watch it all. But But this is Joel. I had to make it apparent that this is homework. I'm not enjoying this either. He turns to the people next to me. He's like, this is for work. exactly. I'm I'm on a podcast. (laughs) Next up, we're watching uh, Fight Club. That, just that scene where the plane disintegrates over and oh, over again. Oh, my God. And then alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that'll be fun. And then we're going to watch the pilot episode of Lost. The trifecta. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, so, yeah, already this movie does not look like your traditional romantic comedy. Which is a compliment, right? Are you complimenting it? I don't know. Because what do you want? Think, do you want the cheesecloth on the lens with the Vaseline and the Barbara Walters filter? Here's the problem with this movie. Mm-hmm. It's that it's billed as a romantic comedy, yeah. but there's nothing funny about this movie. No. Like it's th- just a romantic. It's, it's just a romantic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like 
and and they actually play things a lot more serious than you're kind of expecting when you go into this movie. It does get a little real. But then, like, they'll throw in some goofy planes, trains, and automobiles situation. Yeah, or there's kind of like what? so. When I was first watching this, and uh, I, I was watching it at work, and somebody came in, and uh, it's he he listens to the podcast as well, and mm-hmm. so he was like, "Oh, so you're watching this? Is this for your podcast?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And he's like, "Okay, well, give me a summary. What do you think of it?" And I was like. <laughs> It's like planes, trains, and automobiles, but with less sexual tension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If that's even possible. Certainly less chemistry between yeah, the two leads. There really wasn't any chemistry. So let's let's just really quick yeah. kind of like hash out what the storyline is here. Sure. We've got Ben Affleck playing a guy named Ben mm-hmm. who's uh, a writer, but he doesn't like write books or, or anything like that. He writes the insides of jackets for novels and stuff. Blurbs. Just the summaries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um a He's, jacket copywriter is what we, he calls himself. We, yeah, exactly. He, we meet him in the midst of his bachelor party. Mm-hmm. He's getting ready to get married to uh, uh, Maura Tierney. Yep. Um, I'm so glad you pronounced her name because after two beers, who plays Maura, Maura, Maura Tierney or the poor man's Linda Fiorentino. Oh, I would think the Linda Fiorentino is the poor man's Maura really? Tierney. I, I kind of yeah. think Linda Fiorentino would be a little bit more popular. From what? Men in Black? Uh, she's... She did like Jade. She she's done like she's yeah. done a whole bunch of other movies. She's she's had a little bit more of a storied career. You think so? I just yeah. know her from Dogma and Men in Black. Yeah, Those are well, just because only you know her from these movies doesn't mean that society as a whole. But but John, I'm an everyman. I speak for everybody. I if, don't know if other, about that. If I haven't heard I of them. I kind of think like you're on the outside. <laughs> no, I'm 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 you're like I'm that, absolute you're, zero. You're that, you're that stain song. And I'm I'm the controlled group, you know. If, you? if this were a study, yeah, oh yeah, because you you know much more obscure shit than me. Jade. I don't even know what Jade is, it, it's except a character David from Mortal Caruso. Kombat. <laughs> thank you, Exhibit A. Thank you. you who doesn't made know who David Caruso for, is? He's uh, a, podcast listeners, I raise guess, your hands. I guess, I guess it was game over for him. Well, I'm watching the audio levels on Jeff's laptop. They just read it out. And, and as he rips his headphones off of his own head. <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys. Uh, all right, so getting back to this, Ben Affleck, is uh, he's engaged to Mara Tierney. He's mm-hmm. in the middle of his, uh, of his bachelor party, and they've got this woman come out, and she's like the bull tamer or whatever. Yep. She's got all these balloons on her chest, and she's just dancing around popping balloons. And then, like, dances, his father and his grandfather are there. Right. And she starts dancing with the grandfather, who immediately starts having a heart attack. Yep. He's brought to the hospital, uh, and then, you know, has this weird anecdote about, like, <laughs> chase the one you love yeah. or something like that. I never that. loved your mother or your grandmother. Your grandmother, right? your nana. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and it's, it's a really weird sequence, which we'll come back to. Uh, but so Ben Affleck is preparing for his marriage, his wedding. They're going. He lives in New York City. Mm-hmm. The wedding's going to be in Savannah, Georgia, where her family lives. Of course, uh, where her mother's played by Gwyneth Paltrow's mother, Blythe Danner. Oh, I didn't know that were yes. a relation. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and a uh, nepotism going yeah, on. Exactly. And so he needs to get to Savannah. Well, you know, through a whole bunch of series of misfortunate events, he uh, forces of nature, one might say, Joe. No. <laughs> <laughs> because there's only very few things that are like we'll, we'll get we'll get yeah, 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 yeah. we'll get back to this. Yeah. I want to put a pin in all these things. Don't let me forget. Okay. Uh, like all right. So so while he's making his, we're trying to get to Savannah, Georgia. Meets up with uh, with uh, Sandra Bullock, whose name I'm never going to remember. It's either like, Sarah I have, or I always want to call it Jennifer. Like is the first name that's coming <laughs> off my. I want to say Jennifer. It's something. something with an S. Yeah, Sandy Bullock. Yeah. Uh, and so they uh, they together decide, you know, they're going to team up, the ultimate Marvel team up, and they're going to hit the road and get to Savannah where they both have business they need to attend to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh-oh, sexual tension and attraction. 
Uh, the laws of attraction, <laughs> the laws of nature, <laughs> one might done. say. Uh, and uh, does it does it though? Is there sexual tension? Well, I mean, on the page, let's explore that. Let's well, let's explore that. Let's. Um, okay. No, <laughs> there's no attraction. I the do end. not. I do not buy the attraction. I don't think between so these either. And, and, it's, and, I, and, I, and it's it's intangible. And it, and it comes. It, yeah, exactly. It comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it happens like in one scene where they've. It's so. De- <sighs> they uh, shows having difficulty. So the the plane that they're on from New York that's supposed to go to Savannah ends up like a goose gets stuck or a duck gets stuck in the engine. Yeah, a flock of and geese. The, and the the plane never actually takes off, but it still kind of crashes through the runway. Yeah. Uh, so they have to be they get deboarded mm-hmm. and then they have to try to rent a car. There's no way they can rent a car, so they get in a car with a dude. Uh, who's who's the dude's uh, <laughs> the, the, the landlord. Dude's landlord from the Big Lebowski? Hey, I'm doing my cycle on Saturday. <laughs> I'm doing my, my, I hope you could come give me some notes. Give me some notes. Uh, and so it's already Saturday, dude. There's they're Just... smoking they're smoking weed driving down, and they end up getting stopped by the police. They get arrested, mm-hmm. uh, and so then they try to get a train. They go to get train tickets. And the person's like, oh, so are those going to be two seats together? Like, right off the bat, like, they're standing next to each other. They're talking to each other. Yes. That's, like, the dumbest question but, in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, we want two tickets to go here. Do you want those seats together? We're, fu- we're, we're fucking standing right here next to each other. Like, that's a dumb question. And it's only there so that way they can have this conversation that takes place yeah. immediately after where Ben Affleck kind of takes her aside and is like, look, maybe it's better. I'm trying to put myself in my fiance's shoes. Mm-hmm. And, like, how would I feel if she was coming down on a train or whatever with someone that maybe she was a little bit, you know, that there was an attraction, a connection with? Nothing's happened to this point. No. Nothing has happened other than a discussion they had outside of like a burger yeah. joint about how he writes stuff. <laughs> but like nothing has happened to give us any kind of idea that they are beginning to feel some kind of attraction. I'm not feeling this attraction no, between them. No, no. And you bring up a greater point, which is like, why are they even together? Like, shouldn't they have parted ways after yeah. that first scene? Like, there's no reason for them to go on this adventure together other than that the plot calls for it. Right. Um, but it's like, there's no. Yeah, it should have been like, oh, sorry, you got this bump on your head. I know we're on TV. I'm going to my wedding. The end. Like, they get separate right. plane the, the tickets or train end tickets. End of movie. Yeah. And, and I probably would have liked that version a lot better. <laughs> uh, all right, so when when Ben Affleck's grandfather has his heart attack, mm-hmm. what did, they, did they put him in, like, a room right in the ER? Because I don't know if you remember, <laughs> like, when, when Maura Tierney comes to see him yeah. in the hospital, she comes to get him, mm-hmm. the hallway is fucking crowded. Like there's a guy looking to deliver flowers somewhere. I do remember there's a that. woman in a wheelchair, and she's like, "But my room is this way." Yeah, yeah. But you also see like emergency lights at the door. They don't like the the rooms aren't that close. Like in the room he was in, that the grandfather was in, was not an emergency room. Like, yeah, it was like a spacious, like he'd been admitted a, yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. It was a hospital room. What the fuck? Like what? what it was <laughs> not picked up. It on was that. far more chaotic than it needed to be, and I don't know if that was. Simply just so they could illustrate that, like, the character of Maura Tierney, mm-hmm. that she's a compassionate woman, that she's, you know, she's she's likable. So that way, right off that. the bat, we we can kind of dig this woman mm-hmm. uh, I'll give for, you that. for a little while, at least. Because yeah. I contend that this movie is just filled with the worst people in the, the world. Yeah, there's no protagonist in no. it. Uh, or, or at least those that it uh, it claims to be. Like, you don't really like them. They're you're, all horrible. You're rooting against them at a they're, certain point. They're all horrible <laughs> we'll people. to that later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I wasn't bugged by by that. I didn't really pick up on that. What I did pick up on is um, in the airport, it was a an equally chaotic scene after 
okay, so some birds fly into a, you know, luckily it wasn't in the air uh, and they they get pulled off. But then just pandemonium in the terminal. Oh, yeah. And people trying to get on other flights and everything's booked. And, and you've the, been, they, they, were dude, Ke- they were at Kennedy, right? This shit happens all the time. Yeah. Or, or not necessarily that you know, a flock of geese flies into your, your jet, uh-huh. but that, you know. Things get canceled. <laughs> Shit, I was on one the other day, and it was like, uh, your plane is out of decommission. Everybody get off. We're going to put you on another plane. There there wasn't pandemonium. There weren't, like, you know, cabs being sold out and no train tickets and no other flights to put on. Like, right. It's a fairly common occurrence. Does that have something to do, though, with the hurricane that was coming in? I mean, I guess so, it but was, yeah. It was, like, coming up the eastern sea. But the thing is, they don't play that up enough. Not nearly much We don't the get end. that information enough to keep that at the back of our mind. So, like, the first half of that movie, I'm like, okay, why are all the flights canceled? Yeah. Why is it such a pain in the ass for anyone to get anywhere? And then, like, I'm noticing, oh, okay, like, the storm. They're cutting away to the radar. They, they keep cutting. The, there, there's a few times where they cut to the radar. Uh, all right. It wasn't. I hate to feel like I'm an idiot and I need it bashed over no, my head, though. No. But I kind of felt like they did not present that information. You know what? In a clear enough manner. I, I, f- I felt you're reminding me of uh, when we did Serving Sarah. Was that the name of the movie with Matthew <laughs> yeah. uh, Perry uh-huh. and, and what's her name? <laughs> she who shall not be named. Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where uh, Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley. Thank you. And go back and listen to that episode if you haven't. Um, in fact, just stop right now and go back and listen. <laughs> no, but at the very we'll, end, we'll wait. No, we'll I wait. pointed out. Well, we'll there was, wait. There go was, ahead. <laughs> there was the whole plot. Hold on, Joel. They're going. It's back a and podcast. Listen. They can pause it. This what isn't are you live. Talking about it's all real time. <laughs> so there was that scene at the end because the plot point was about like you know you had to see a, a clock. We needed to see the time in a in a still photograph, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And remember at the end, I was like. They made a big deal out of it, and then Matthew Perry broke his own rule by not doing it. And you pointed out, oh, no, the, the Jumbotron in the background because yes. they're in, in the Jumbotron stadium had the time and had the time on it. And I felt like an idiot. But immediately after we recorded that podcast, Jeff, are you shaking your head over here? <laughs> He's agreeing with Joe. Um, immediately after the, uh, recording that podcast, I went back and looked, and they, they, it was out of focus. There was no rack focus. Like, they totally should have telegraphed that more to the yeah. audience. And yeah. That's how I felt better about myself. So no, I feel no, no, the no, same no, way no, about— you're right. They, they didn't make it obvious enough. I feel the same way about this, this, this hurricane mm-hmm. uh, subplot. Which is only clear at the very end of the movie. Yeah. And, uh, all right, well, how do you feel— Let's step down a little bit and just talk about the the title and uh, and all the, the lit motif that goes uh-huh. throughout throughout uh-huh. this because it's all about nature. Obviously. They love it. They love when you get fancy. The, uh, oh yeah, do they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> start start uh, talking about what? cinema verite. It's not about nature. It's not. There's like two or three things that are natural occurrences. There's the fire that fuck with them. Hail. It's the 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 goose or the duck or whatever the that goes into the engine. Seagulls. That's nature. Mm-hmm. Fire. Eh, uh, I it's guess the, the fire can kind of be thrown in there, yeah. and then like the hurricane at the end. And they're in the pool. There's water. No, well, no. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a that's a stretch. No, because and and this is actually one of my notes. The difference between this and planes, trains, and automobiles, besides what I said before, but really mm-hmm. like there's something about in planes, trains, and automobiles. Like that really was like these two guys, and like one of them. You know, obviously, one of them had the best intentions, and things would just get fucked up. But a lot of it was just bad luck. Like they ran into bad fucking luck yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's not what happened. And they tried to do that with these characters. Uh-huh. And like a couple times, it was bad luck. But a lot of times, it was just that these two characters were fucking dumb. <laughs> like the the moment. All right, you've already had like a plane that goes off the fucking rails. Yeah. Uh, and so like, all right, I need to get in a car. First off, once all the flights get canceled, why aren't you calling your buddy who had to go back and get the rings and be like, hey, dude, flight got canceled. Yeah, come what do we do? Maybe let's wait until tomorrow carpool. and try to fly out. Or maybe let's carpool. Call your buddy. He's he's still in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So call, let me call my buddy. 
And that way me and my best man can drive on down. <laughs> That's a dumb fucking choice that obviously the script writer made. Yeah. But, you know, by, by you know, the transitive, this character made such a stupid fucking decision. So, like, all right, let's say he doesn't call his best man. That's fine. They decide to get in this car. They decide they're going to ride down. This guy says, hey, I'll drive you down, down to Savannah. All right, you're getting in a car with a fucking two strangers. Right. Uh, but all right, one of them happens to be someone that you were in a plane wreck with. So maybe there's this, you know, band of brotherhood going on. <laughs> uh, and so you drive down. You get busted for drugs. Mm-hmm. Again, why aren't you calling up your buddy? Yeah. Why aren't you calling up your best man? Or even when you're on the phone with your fiance, why don't you say, "Hey, look, listen." Here's what And happened. that's one of the one of the big fucking problems I had with this movie is that nobody fucking just says what's up to each other. And that's kind of a big deal with rom- romantic comedies anyway. Yeah. Is that like everything could be solved within 10 minutes <laughs> if people just talk to each yeah. other. But this is like to another extreme because they would try to throw these wacky situations in there like, oh, look how funny. But it was never presented in a funny way. Right. It was really serious. And it was actually really frustrating, some of these things that would happen. You're like, this is easily avoidable. This is so dumb. <laughs> I know. Like, okay. But getting back to my original point. So you get in this car and you get busted because this guy had drugs in his car. You get arrested. What is your next course of action? Mm-hmm. You get on a fucking... Like, if I'm Ben Affleck's character, I'm like, fuck this. I'm focusing on just getting to Savannah. I've been fucking derailed twice now. I am just, I'm getting there. I'm getting married. There's, I need to just stay focused on getting there. Fucking train stops. <laughs> I know you're and, and this asshole climbs up on top of a train with Sandra Bullock so they could have their screaming their echo moment. moment. Mm-hmm. And then get down on the train. They're like, no, we stopped. And then we we, we rerouted, you know, the, the last three cars. These cars are going to These Chicago. Cars are going to Chicago. Yeah. I'd be like, I, I, like, you deserve now. At this point, Absolutely. You, des- you deserve every bit of fucking misfortune. This isn't a force of nature. This is you being a fucking Some moron. Force of stupidity. Yeah. yeah. And this is your punishment for being a, just an absolute fucking idiot right now. And now you lost me. I'm not even rooting for you. I don't care no. if you get to Savannah. I don't give a fuck about what's going on the rest of this story because you've already you've you're treating me like I'm a fucking moron. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you're you're not you're not smart enough to to really understand like everything that could be going on. You, you just need to believe that this could happen. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It this could not happen. If you're a responsible adult, that's you know, there's no way these characters could have lived to this point of adulthood being. <laughs> as dumb as they are. <laughs> Made it this far. No, I absolutely agree, and and it speaks more to um, how frustrating it is that like, you don't care about any of these characters. And in fact, I mentioned earlier, I, I found myself rooting against them yeah. at a certain point. Uh, you know, surprise, in the, uh, I guess, the end of the second act, they hook up or start to hook up. I don't kind know. Of, is it clear yeah, that they, they ever actually hook they, up? They kind of uh, They start to. I mean, cutting back and forth between. When you're watching a fire, when you're watching the cash place where you had your dad wire you money, yeah. when you're watching it a fucking ablaze and you decided to start, start making start out with making some out. chick, yeah. I think you kind of hooked up at It wasn't this point. very romantic. And, and, and you, you know, that's the part of a movie like this where, you know, you've, you've had this tension that's supposed to have been built up and here's the release, no pun intended. But, you yeah. know, it's like finally they're going to get together and you don't care about anything. And I felt myself thinking, no, this is so wrong. Like, yeah. poor M- Maura Tierney's in her wedding dress, like waiting for you to show up. And I know. And they throw they threw in that they threw in that moment where she was uh-huh. kind of hooking up uh, with her getting ex. ready to hook up with her ex. And it wasn't thrown in for any other reason other than 
they didn't want you to hate yeah. Ben Affleck's character it's okay. as much as you should. She's getting hers, he's right? getting his, everybody no. wins. No. It was despicable. Yeah, it was kind of. like I didn't I didn't <laughs> sympathize for the Ben Affleck. I thought he was a scumbag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah the message here <clears throat> which is kind of beat over the head just uh, about marriage and uh, like all, all because leading up to that scene, all throughout the way, you know, Ben, ben Affleck keeps running into these characters and, and you know, older married couple, there's the one on the train who's like Oh, how long have you guys been married? Oh no, I divorced my wife. Like you know, I'm, or she's oh, yeah. my affair or whatever. Yeah, we'll yeah, to, yeah. Over and over again, starting with the scene with the grandfather at the beginning, who says, "I never loved your nana." You know, I I never found her attractive. Mm-hmm. The, a very heavy anti-marriage. Yeah, and even sentiment. her parents. You find out later on, yep. her parents are they've separated. been separated. Like it's all over the place. And, and you know, Sandra Bullock's been divorced what twice or something. Yeah, I think so. Has a kid. We find out later from a previous marriage. This is a horrible like date movie to take yeah. your, your fiance to oh, or yeah. anybody who you have a serious relationship with because uh-huh. it's just like it, it. It's not it's 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 not a feel good romantic comedy. No, it's not at all. No, yeah. it's it's not that thirteen going on thirty where even yeah. that movie was like what like this is weird. Why are they even hooking up? This makes no sense. And especially in a movie that's like the the underlying theme is fate. Like all of these things are happening. The forces of nature are bringing them together. Uh huh. But. No, no at this, the opposite time, we're getting this message about how no, you don't really need to fall in love. It's all you know, it's all happenstance and chance. Mm-hmm. And then and, even more and, confounding and at the end, be, you can be rewarded for just being a fucking asshole for yeah. just for being uh, this weird, you know, uh, misogynist fucking pig, and, which a, is kind of what Ben Affleck was in this movie. Like he spends the whole second half of this movie telling Sandy Bullock, "No, you know what? I'm canceling the wedding. I want to be with you. I yep. believe in you. You're the mo- you're the sweet. No matter whoever meets you, just falls in love with you. Mm-hmm. And I want to be with you. I love you. I know this is just you know, you're, it's an adventure, and I love it. And she's like, "No, you're just saying that because it feels new, but it's not." And he's like, "No," and, and like he's saying all the right things, all these sweet things mm-hmm. and stuff. He says, "I've known of, you for like two days, and I can't yeah. make myself leave this." this Room this or whatever. Room, That's the one right? they used in the trailer. And, and he's like, hey, hold on. I'm, I need to go tell her. I need to go tell her that I'm canceling the wedding. He runs out there, and then they have this discussion where, like, time is standing still around them. <laughs> I'm talking about more tyranny now. Yeah, yeah and at the ben very Affleck. end. He's at the and wedding. they're having this talk, and he's like, I know. Like, they say when you fall in love, it's like nothing else matters, and everything slows down around you. And it's, like, fucking happening around them, that, like, you're in a protective bubble, and nothing can happen. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so this is happening between you two. What about the woman that you just like said all these things to, you yeah. know? And now, like, the way I read it, and I know that's not the way they intended, but the way that it played to me was just that, like, Ben Affleck just completely went chicken shit and decided, like, yeah, I'm gonna get married to you because now I'm facing you. And at no point does Ben Affleck just fucking man up mm-hmm. and say what he truly feels to one person to and like that's actually true. make a definitive stand. I'm like. I feel this way about you, and I'm going to take this chance. I'm going to take this gamble that, all right, I'm I'm going this way, and you know what? I feel good about it because this is my choice. He even kind of gets a little get out of jail free card because he never really has to tell her about Sandy Bullock. You know, he starts to, no, and then she's like, "Oh, she's it doesn't like, matter." She's like, "Debbie told me already." Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, well, that's. A, I'm sure that was a nice scene on the cutting room floor between you and Debbie, but right? this is kind of the crux of. You know this movie, this relationship between you two, and and that's the biggest problem I had. I don't know about biggest. One of the biggest problems I have, 
because now in, in the third act, we're kind of led to believe that this is all about their relationship. Uh-huh. That's another thing. You and want we to talk didn't about, develop anything between those we two. We never see them on screen together the entire from the beginning well, of the, the movie. In the bedroom. They go into the bedroom after, oh, the, after the hospital. That's right, that's right. She's like, Are you gonna I you know, are you gonna say your vows? Say your vows. She's that's got right. the video camera. They have the, that's the only scene they spend together until the very end of the movie. Everything else is on the phone yeah. and her like, Where are you, Ben? And, and he's and like it's fucking real Sandy. Fluff. It's fluff where he's like, I love you. I love uh, you too. Bleh. There's nothing. They don't develop anything about the relationship. I mean, yeah. could we get just a fucking, you know, some meaningful story about how they met or, you know, some meaningful story about like the moment he knew he fell in love with her and wanted to marry her? I, something that made him feel something to make a choice. I just want to see how they relate as a couple together yeah. to see them on screen because all we have to compare against is the chemistry or lack thereof that he has with Sandra Bullock. Uh-huh. And at least. Uh, you know, chemistry notwithstanding, we see them on screen together. They're having oh, cute little cell phone conversations in a Walmart while they're shopping at PA. <laughs> right? And that's super cutesy it's, stuff. It's so nineties, though. Yeah. It's so nineties. Oh, dude, like, yes. We're so weird and we're so different. Like it's it's so. You know where where it came home to me? Um, and for me, there's a definitive line between pre nine eleven movies and post nine eleven movies. After post nine eleven, pre nine eleven movies have footage in New York City of the World, of the World Trade, Trade Center. Center. There's that, but that. that's always a dead giveaway, of course. <laughs> but I mean, like, there was such a, a, a an innocence and a, a almost a, a naive, naive, naivete. Ooh, I naivete. Not, thank you. Yeah, that's beer number three talking <laughs> um, about you know just like what life's about, and and, and it's. It's when I think of like pre nine eleven stuff, I think of friends where it's like, hey, everything's happy, and all we have to worry about is our jobs. We and dance finding and the true we love. Yeah, exactly, because you know we're fun and we're quirky, and yeah. that's what life's about. That's totally this. And then it's like, oh no, yeah, a terrorist attack should blow up. You know, lives are, are <laughs> more fragile <laughs> than that. Real. Now. We really had to kind of reassess mm-hmm. and and take account of oh what what you know. There are real problems in this world, and then there's stuff that we invent to mm-hmm. to make time for ourselves. And this movie fits solely in that other category. Yeah, that definite pre nine eleven. Can we talk about the manufactured circumstances uh, that they just throw at us in the middle of this movie? Sure. Uh, where oh. they end up getting on like this bus that's supposed to go to Miami. It's yeah, like yeah, the whole yeah. like buy a timeshare thing, <laughs> and they get on the bus, and they're just like they, they pose as a couple mm-hmm. on this bus, and there's a bunch of old people on this bus, and they end up stopping. Uh, Where'd they stop? In, like, South Carolina? Yeah. Yeah, they stop at this, like, this amusement park in South Carolina. <laughs> Everybody gets on, like, a sombrero or whatever. It's like a ride, like, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride or, yep. like, the teacups or something. And, uh, and like, we see, like, a moment where Ben Affleck kind of, this is the, one of the few times he throws caution to the wind and he gets on a ride. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's, poo, big steps here. <laughs> well, we set up early he's afraid of traveling and heights. and. But he, um... They say that he's a doctor. Mm-hmm. They they throw and as if you don't see this coming back later oh, of course on a not. bus yeah. full of old people. <laughs> obviously, that's going to come into play where it's like, oh, he's got to pose as a doctor now. Mm-hmm. So something happens where like one of these old people has a some kind of complication. Yeah, Ben Affleck. They're like they call him over like, doctor, we need you to do something, and he ends up like performing kind of CPR. CPR. And they bring him to the hospital, and another doctor shows up, and they're like, you know, he was suffering some complications due to blah, 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 blah. Long story short, you saved his life. Yeah, thanks to your actions, Ben Affleck. Yeah, thanks to your actions, you saved his life. And everybody's, like, applauding him. Hey, Uh good job, good job. And they kind of, you know, that endears them to this group of people on the bus. Well, as fate would have it, his best man and the maid of honor of the wedding Mm -hmm. end up showing up at the same hotel in South Carolina and find him, and they kind of start, like... Putting his 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 identity at risk, this fake identity at risk, which 
it, it, it's so stupidly drawn out. Like, you know, it, it could have been solved with just a, like, he takes these people aside and says, hey, look, yeah. uh, don't say anything. I but thought. I had to pretend I was a doctor. He just walks off. Yeah, and he just walks well, off. Well, see you later. Just nonchalant. And I'll there's meet a you guys whole, in 15 minutes. The whole other scene with the pool that we ha- where we have to go through this again. Yes. Yeah. So, by the way, is uh, South Carolina on the way to Atlanta it, from it sure New York? Is. I, I mapped it. <laughs> okay, because I was very concerned it about like seems like a huh. bit of a detour. It's no, it's all a, it's a straight line through South Carolina. If you go, if you go straight down the eastern, yeah. uh, the eastern coast. All right, all right. South Carolina is on your way down to Florida. I could have swore it was farther. Yeah, east. dude, I had the same thought as you. <laughs> I, I seriously had the same thought of you. I was like. Huh. <laughs> I, I need to check this because I don't think this is right. All it, right. It, it totally is. All right. Uh, all right. So what happens is, you know, he ends up getting busted by his buddy and the maid of honor. His buddy's kind of like, you know, dude, it's all good. Yep. I understand. I told you you should have banged more chicks. And he's like, I'm not banging her. Uh, and the chick just kind of flies off the handle. And you know what? I kind of understand her Rightfully reaction. Rightfully so, yeah. I understand her reaction because he's ever lying. Like, he's never telling the truth about anything that's going on. Yep. He could have easily said, this is the chick. I was in the plane crash with her, and uh, we had to find try to find a ride. We oh, had some, but he feels there guilty, were, There were some weird misadventures, but... We uh no 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 we we are we just we we posed as a married couple so that way we could get on this bus. That's it. That's all it would have taken. Yeah, it would have been believable. All it would have taken. Uh, and of course we can't do that because it's a quote unquote air quotes rom com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like somehow word gets back to these people that they were on the bus with, and these fucking people like turn their backs on them. <laughs> they really do. Like they're like ostracized. Oh, you're not even really a couple. Like what? Why do you? He saved the life of one of the characters, one of the people on your bus. It's true. Now that's that's just mean spirited on the part of the script writing in this movie. That like something like that, one of the few things that happens in a movie where you're going to set up some kind of karmactic balance. Mm-hmm. That like he's okay, he's kind of falling for this woman, but he does something truly good. The only truly good thing this guy does in this movie, where he saves somebody's life, they don't pay that back karmactically. Correctly, there's there there isn't a balance with the cause and effect that's going on in that point. Yeah, you're giving him a little too much credit. I don't think I can paint him as a hero because he accidentally saved some guy's life. But he like, does. He got, he got lucky, but Joe. He, he got does. lucky. No, no, no. But he, but he does save his life. All right. I don't care how you know if it was accidentally or not. He does. All right. You know, and and it was a good thing that came from this from this this horrible situation that's going on. And I kind of felt like if you wanted to make this. You ha- you had the chance rather to make this a sweet moment in the rom com where he feels like the entire world's against him, but you know what? These people kind of still got his back, and they get him back to South. They yeah. get him back to to Atlanta or wherever they're going. Savannah. Mm-hmm. They get him to Savannah anyway. You know he explains the situation. Look, I lied to you guys. Uh, and I'm sorry, or something like that. You could have had a really sweet, engaging yeah. moment <laughs> where we got to see a little bit more of the character yep. instead of just like, all right, we're going to go to a strip club yep. and I'm going to dance well, and make money well, so that way we can buy an old beat-up car and, and drive and, down. And even, even the ending of that scene where they're confronting him, like you remember how it ends, the waiter shows up and it's like, what are we going to do about this bill? And they just fucking dine and dash. They just the, run off. Yeah, there's the matter of your bill to settle. There are so many crimes like, that are what? committed. There's like, why is everyone so upset? Because... 
okay, because he's not really a doctor? Yeah. Are they that upset because of that? Are they that upset because they weren't really a married couple? I mean, like, I'm asking you seriously, what were they so upset about? <laughs> I don't know, Jim. Yeah. It, it, it didn't We seem had to, to make write sense. them out of the movie at that point. So I guess. That, that seems to be a logical way. It's easier to do it with, with anger than to just with kindness and wouldn't to wrap this, it up. Wouldn't this have been, like, a really poignant moment yeah. for, like, well, but for for maybe him to have a moment with the guy whose life he saved? And, like, this guy talks about how, like, his wife, he knew he loved her from the moment he saw her. Yeah. And, like, it's that one chance where you could have had some some wiser person tell him a story about how it's not so scary getting married. Yeah. It's actually the right, th- you know, if you feel it, if it feels right to you, there's nothing to be scared of because forces of nature bring us together. Like, <laughs> he could have brought it back around. Yeah. And it could have been something that would, you know, kind of balance out, like, all the negativity that's yep. being pointed at marriage, mm-hmm. and and something to kind of rise that up a little bit, you know. Just, no. I don't know. It, no, it's I agree. Just, there was a no time for that. Imbalance had to, to get to movie. the to the strip clubs. Yeah, I had guess. to get to the screwball comedy. The side strip of club things. that had naked women painted on the outside. <laughs> right. Yes, but it's uh, subterfuging as a gay as bar a gay, inside. As a gay bar on the inside, because yeah, that's how it works in 1999. Uh, also, um, that was did you so did you find that scene like? Strangely, kind of homophobic in a way. It, well, it was it was strangely homophobic, and then like just insulting. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was really. This fucking, is what I'm saying. It, yeah. It seemed really fucking insulting. No, They're not, trying to get money, so you know. <laughs> believe it or not, I'm not a gay man. What? But, but watching it, I'm like, huh. It seems kind of pandering. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a little bit. Like when he decides he's finally into it, I'm like, I I, I just kind of felt like, wow. You, the, it, it, what, it, what the fuck, man? Why are you playing in, this off? It plays like, in like the stereotype that straight men have, or we're supposed to have to have, where it's like all gay men are are attracted to me. Yeah, like if you're exactly. gay, you're, you're automatically you're attracted automatically to me, attracted to and me. so I have to be defensive about uh-huh. it. So it's like, yeah, they get money because uh, Sandy Bullock was going to go strip in this club. Oh, turns out it's a gay bar. Well, how about a him? How about we get 150 bucks for for Ben to get up on the tables? Right. Of course, he doesn't want to do it. He's sheepish about it, and she coaxes him into it. And then it just turns into him, uh, really like taking it all off and body surfing at a certain point. And all the yeah. dudes are just like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, I don't know. Is Ben Affleck attractive enough to maybe? I guess. If it's Ben Affleck, but if he's just like Joe Schmo off mm-hmm. the street, I've got a problem with that. Just because I've I've been to a gay strip club yeah. for a friend's uh, bachelor party <laughs> when uh, a couple of a couple of friends of mine, uh, well, former friends of mine, uh, when they got oh. before they got married, uh, both men uh, before they got married, they had their bachelor party, uh, you know, down off of Oak Lawn and uh, <laughs> shocking and yeah, <laughs> and so it's the gay part of town here we in went, Dallas. We folks. went up and down a couple of the bars. We did a little scavenger <laughs> hunt stuff with them. Yeah, you did. Uh, and then we ended up at a, this place called the Tin Room. <laughs> and this place, this place is a gay strip club. Nice. And so you know what? I'm game. Let's go. Let's go check it out. You said you're game. Yes. Just I to said be I'm clear. Game okay. Okay. With the me. Uh, and I was like, let's go. Let's just go hang out. And so you know, our our basically our job was just to make sure that our friends didn't get too shit faced. And if they did, they got home safely. Responsible. And so while I'm sitting there and I'm watching these dudes like do their thing, mm-hmm. I, I was like in awe. Because having <laughs> it's been like a nature show, having been to a you know a straight male you know strip club, yes, uh, back in my in my younger years in radio, <laughs> and then having gone to this one, the dudes work a lot harder for it. Oh yeah, like 
they're doing Cirque du Soleil style shit on oh, on, really? on the the dance poles or whatever, <laughs> and like just just swinging around and doing like these coordinated like swooping. Th- I was like, I felt like I was watching a show. Like I should have paid tickets <laughs> for this. I was like, wow, this these guys are really yeah, talented. I'm picturing you just like standing up and bursting out into applause after a certain. <laughs> me, I, I would. You know what? You're not Encore. too far from the mark. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, me and my buddy Sean. We were just sitting there like, oh my god, this is really good. And then this asshole goes and puts like change in this guy's jock, and I was like. Yeah. All right, you didn't, and then, you didn't have to quite put the the loose change in his dance panties. It already smells okay. like a rusty penny. You're uh, not helping. But but I was impressed. Needless to say, I was impressed. But what wasn't happening were like guys just losing their shit, yeah. screaming about like, oh my god, you know, oh, look at this, it's a man. <laughs> no, dudes in in gay strip clubs yeah. pretty much act like dudes in straight strip clubs. They yeah, just, they just kind of sit there and sit there in the corner in their you, sweatpants. You come on That's back, right. you come on over to him. He slips a little, you know, money in there and just kind of watches you do your thing. Maybe gives you a wink and a smile, and then you go and do whatever. Uh, it's still uncomfortable no, either the way. The way that these men behaved is like animals. What you see? No, no, no. It's kind of like the stereotype of what you see how women behave. At, at bachelorette parties. And I was just going to bring up the fact, I'm reminded now that this was a female director. Yeah. So this is obviously didn't do a lot of, lot of scouting, right. a lot of research. No, just like, and that's what, what would girls do? It's just fur- it further, uh, it further in, in, it feel, makes me feel insulted. Yeah. That like, you know, it, it, that's, and, and you know what? I don't think that's a fair assessment of how all women would behave at, at a bachelorette party. It's just that I've never been to a bachelorette party, but I know like things that I've seen from TV shows and movies. And and so I'm like, okay, what? How are we playing this? Why are we? And I feel like all of this, all of this, <laughs> is making me miss the point that the intent of this movie was to be a romantic comedy. Yeah, and we're like in three's company all of a sudden. Like it, it's well, a, we're it's in a three's four company, camera but sitcom. It's never funny. And that's the sad part. Yes, yeah. nothing is delivered with any kind of pop. Nothing's clever about. Be funny this movie. or have heart, but you can't have neither. Yeah, you gotta have, or you gotta have to have to have a likable no, that protagonist. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. This movie had no heart, and it had no. There was nothing funny about it. Yeah. it. It was just. It was ugly. Do you find yourself sympathizing with the Sandra Bullock? We haven't talked about much about the Sandra Bullock character too much. We talked about more tyranny and uh, Ben Affleck. What, what no, did, no, she, I didn't. I didn't sympathize at the point where yeah. when they were caught in the pool mm-hmm. and he was trying to like kind of talk his way out of it. That was the only and part. She was starting to get like upset about it. Yeah. Like no, look, you know he's engaged. Yeah. He hadn't made a secret about this. This wasn't a secret. Um, you know, I actually like that scene though. That was the one scene that, for me, kind of humanized that character because all of a sudden, you know, he's sure they've you know experienced the last two days together. They've kind of grown closer. She kind of thinks maybe they had something, and then here he is like lying to both of them to save his own ass, and she's realizing, oh, I didn't really mean anything to him. Mm-hmm. That that part, uh, I, I could see it. Or or but, she could have understood like these. That's his best man and the maid of honor for his wedding standing right there. Yeah. There's got to be some objectivity where you're like, oh, okay, this is shit just got real. We mm-hmm. can't sit and play couple because this is real. These are people that know him and, more importantly, know his fiance. They're involved in the wedding. It's time for us to now behave like responsible adults. It's time for me to behave like a responsible adult and respect what this guy has got going on, what he has coming up tomorrow, his wedding. We were just talking about it five seconds ago <laughs> when we were kind of dancing in the bar where she's like, you obviously didn't get your fiancé based on your dancing ability. Right. Like, she said those words. Yeah. Nothing really romantic still has happened between these two characters at this point. No. Not at all. And so when she gets her, when she gets like butt hurt and doesn't back him up in the pool, yeah. 
I didn't sympathize with her. I didn't feel like it humanized her. I hmm. felt like all it did was create yet another device in the script for something to be working against conflict. Him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. And fair there enough. was there was too much of it. We were stacking conflict like it was a fucking Jenga game. I didn't mind it so much. The problem was it came out of nowhere because up until this point in the movie. This was totally, like, it, it felt like it was written by a guy. I think it was written by a guy. Yeah. Because we're given all sorts of reasons, supposedly, why Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck. Did you know that I said that? Ask your doctor if Ben Affleck is right for you. Uh, why he would be attracted to Sandra Bullock, because, you know, she's quirky and she's something new and, you know, she's kind of attractive, even though she's kind of flat-chested, you know, I don't know. Not, not my type. Not my type. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was, that was a weird thing to just kind of focus on. <laughs> know. You know me, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit beer, of a boob man. beer number four. Don't know if I've ever, <laughs> you've noticed that about me, Joe. Um, but sh- there's no reason, like I didn't understand why she would be attracted to him really. Because she's the one dragging him onto the top of the train, onto the roller coaster, mm-hmm. and through life basically. She's the one that was telling him in the Kmart, when they when they had their Kmart commercial, mm-hmm. she's the mm-hmm. one that's on the walkie-talkie and she's like, I just don't get marriage. Why two people would want to shackle themselves. Would want to shackle themselves to each other. Mm-hmm. So what what's it to her anyway? Exactly, yeah, yeah. She seems very one-dimensional yeah. uh, up until that point. And, and really just kind of like a male fantasy of sorts. When you're kind of doing a romantic comedy, there's, it's got to be a two-way street. Like, mm-hmm. why is she attracted to him? Why is she, you know, she obviously she... In a 24-hour period, too. Like, yeah, 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 this, yeah. This movie takes place over, like, two days, maybe two and a half days. Chemistry. I think, I think it's two days by the yeah. time it gets there, yeah. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, nothing moves... I get his kind of midlife crisis version, but I never really understood where she was coming from. And then they throw this whole side story in. It turns out she's been lying to him. She has a kid. Married before, she's trying to get him to come down to Miami because she's going to sell, and there's this whole, which they don't re- they don't re- have any no. kind of resolution to that at all. No, it, it, yeah, there's a fight with her ex husband. Um, yeah, and and then he like spills the beans on what happened with the son about how yeah he wanted to, the son wanted to live with him and not with her or with the dad, not him. Yeah, the other dad. It, it's it was it it was thrown in there. Yeah. It's just thrown in. And too I little, think kind of kind of like what you said though, I think that they were purposefully trying to humanize this character that seemed so one-dimensional. They're like, "All right, we're, we're going to throw some stuff at it now and just kind of see what sticks." And it didn't it didn't work for me. Yeah. It, I nope. just agreed. I kind of I don't know. I don't know if saw through it is <laughs> applicable here, but yeah, it, it just seems so transparent. At this point in the film, Joe, did you think he and Sandy Bullock were going to end up together? I did. The, the entire movie, I thought they were going to end up together. Yeah, and that's the way it's played, and that's the way it was marketed. They're, well, they're the two people on the cover of the movie, on the yeah. poster. He's two... hugging. She's jumping into his arms. Yes. Yeah, and uh-huh. it's forces of nature. And again, with the whole forces of nature thing, it's like fate is doing, you know, lightning is striking trees and yeah. hurricanes are, are trying to get him in the way of his wedding so these two can be together. Yes. Except that's not how that's it plays, not how out, it plays out at all. Out. So what's the message here? I, I mean, ultimately, I think the message, and and I think a better director and maybe a better writer would have been able to pull this this theme well, out of a better movie. Right there. That's ultimately what you need to focus on. Like, did this movie need to happen? Like, <laughs> seriously, though, like, did this movie need to happen? Did this story, was this story relevant? Was this story on paper the kind of thing that looked like anything more than just a vehicle to put rising star Ben Affleck mm-hmm. into a film with America's sweetheart at the time, Sandra Bullock. See, and to me, it smacks of 
too many writers getting involved. I think draft one of this movie was all about like marriage. Do should two people be together? Would one person? It's about this guy getting cold feet two yes. days before his wedding. Yeah, he meets somebody. He's intrigued, but then he's reassessing and he's 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 thinking about what true love is. Right, and in the end realizes oh, he really is in love and this is what he wants. Right, that could have been a sweet little movie. Uh huh. But not with the fucking strip club no. and the and and then the and, awkward and, like and sex the, scene and well, the yeah, lying with the granny pants. the stealing. Yeah, <laughs> forgot about that. That was so awkward. That was so weird. <laughs> and then they're like they're they're screaming. They're yelling at each other. They're they hate each other. And then they just, start just making randomly out. starts kissing. Just start making out. It, it felt so forced. It's so forced of nature. Uh, <laughs> you fucking <laughs> asshole. Fucking asshole. Uh, uh, waiting to squeeze that in. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, so. I want to touch on one more thing. Touch it. This weird scene. And and it's, you know what? It's no surprise now at this point. I, I'm, I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, this thing happened. And then it didn't really pay off. Like, nothing came from mm-hmm. it. When they're they're in the fucking laundromat. Oh, yeah. And she's like, will you watch my stuff? I'm going to go take a walk. Uh-huh. And he, like, falls asleep, and there's the creepy guy the in the laundromat. The creepy guy. I was waiting. Who, like, steals their wallet. She st- He steals her wallet. And it only, like, what happens is she comes and she's like, hey, I'll pay for that. Oh, oh my god, my wallet's gone. Don't have my wallet. But that doesn't go anywhere. Like, there's never a point where it's like, "Hey, do you have ID? We need your ID if you want to close this deal on your donut shop or whatever." <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that doesn't come back into play at all. There's no, there's no consequence for that. That her wallet was stolen. Uh oh, what's going to happen? Unless that was for them to be like, see, they're still stuck together. It was that. And now it, she doesn't have her wallet. And they don't have any money. And isn't that what got him into the strip club too? Oh, we need 150 bucks to get back on the road. Yeah. Well, this is well before that. It was, wasn't it? What did they do after that? Oh, yeah, because they were... Oh. They just drove straight to Savannah after they the strip did, club. They? Yeah. Yes. You're right. A lot yeah. of things happened in this movie for, for no reason. No. Other than as an excuse just for them to, to spend more time together. It was... It, it, like, everything happens in this movie just to propel it to the next scene. Mm-hmm. There's no... There, and we've, we've used this term many times in the podcast before, the Chekhov's gun, uh-huh. where you introduce something and then it comes back to play later in this movie. The problem is they are introducing so many things, mm-hmm. but none of them ever come back. Like maybe two or three things come back, and they're the two or three things that kind of feel irrelevant by the end of the movie. You're like, all right, this <laughs> doesn't really matter at all. Yeah. Who has a fucking four-day party before their wedding, like the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. house in Savannah, like there's like everybody's every, there, everyone's everyone's Forever. there, and they're eating. They're I get the parents being there, a couple and of it's days. a party. Yeah, like, it, it it seemed like it's some weird like engagement party leading up to the wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's I, and you know what that might be a cultural thing, maybe that I don't understand Rich that I've folk, never man. experienced. I guess, mm-hmm. but that just seemed like it just seemed like it was such a weak excuse to get these characters together. So that way we had something to cut away to from Sandy and Ben. I thought it was odd that, uh, speaking of other characters, that they introduced halfway through the movie this maid of honor character that's now on a road trip with Steve Zahn, the yeah. uh, the, the best man. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, she's coming to the aid of Mauritania. It's like, bitch, I don't know who you are. You yeah. haven't been in the first half of the could, movie. Could we not have established her earlier on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, you, all you need is one scene. Yeah. Was she? In, did I miss it? Was she in the scene at the beginning when, no. when Ben? No, yeah, no. I don't think so. Yeah. And she could have been. She could have totally been someone that was at 
the at Absolutely. the hospital and was like, "Well, what happened? What were you guys doing?" And like yeah. we could see that she was already casting like a doubtful eye on Ben mm-hmm. Affleck from the beginning of the movie because then it makes a little bit more sense that she would be so like, "I'm not even going to listen to anything that you have to say." Mm-hmm. She was looking for an excuse to yeah. kind of throw him under the bus. There's so many things where you could have built this universe around these characters a little bit it's more. A better screenwriter would have done. Yeah, I'm no. telling you, it feels like uh, what we saw on screen was like draft twelve yeah. after three other writers had had gotten their, yeah. their mitts. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Surprised. Mm-hmm. But, uh, what did uh, what did forces of nature do right? What did Ben Affleck do right? What did, what, Affleck do right? <laughs> what did forces of nature do right? You know, uh, I know we, it's the first thing we talked about, which was the cinematography. Uh, I at least appreciate <laughs> you like the Tony Scott cinematography. We're like everything to do was so different. fucking dark. Everything was dark. It, it was it was dark. Turn a light on. White balance something. I like I like a good uh, I like a good thematic visual thematic like gritty looking film. Not necessarily that, but like what they did with the. Uh, the, the approaching storm, the impending storm, which was really beating you over the head, uh-huh. it could have been done more subtly. Uh, but I, I, I at least liked. It, it, there were some interesting shots when they're running like slow mo yeah. through the uh, the hailstorm, um, and I kind of even like that last I'm scene. I'm in misery. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of even like that last scene between Ben Affleck and Maura Tierney, where they're obviously shot on green screen, uh-huh. like just talking to each well, other in real that, time. They did they did that effect earlier when Ben and, and Sandy are running through the 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 rain the, or whatever. The hell, before, it was the hailstorm. Yeah, before yeah, they yeah. go, yeah, before yeah, exactly. they go into the uh, to the Kmart. But I like it. They're in real time, and the, uh, the chaos is happening around them, and it's it's uh, it's. Uh, a visual representation of what's going on in their relationship, Joe. Uh-huh. It's chaotic. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I'm telling you, it's better than Sandra Bullock's other uh, Hope Floats. You ever seen Hope Floats? The, the one with Harry Connick? Directed by uh, uh, For, uh, For, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. For, oh, I like Forrest Whitaker. I like Forrest Whitaker too, but Ghost this movie, dog. this movie is, it is bland, it is flat, it is, it, it looks like a lifetime made for TV movie. And I at least like to tr- see something that's trying something different. This crazy wide-angle lenses. I'm telling you, it looks like Terry Gilliam fucking directed this movie. Okay. So the, visu- sure. the visual style of sure. this movie was exactly. what it did right. Refreshing. Okay. Uh, what about you? What, what, okay, what about me? What, what, did, what did you I, like? What, did, what think, did you think it did what well? What did I think the movie did well? Mm. Um, hmm. <laughs> You're really putting some thought into this one. Yeah. you got to really, stretch. I've, I've really got to think about it. They're really... You know what? I like Ronnie Cox. I was going to say, any of the actors? I like Ronnie Cox. Which one is he? He was her father. Maura Tierney's father. Yes, yes, I like him. Like, you know, he was always against Ben Affleck. There was there was a character that had a clear motivation. He didn't yep. like the Ben Affleck character. Didn't mm-hmm. think he was good enough for his daughter. Mm-hmm. Didn't like him because he was a New York City boy, and he he wanted a nice little a Southern man for his for his daughter. That's right. Uh, you knew his motivations. You knew why. Everything was clear, and he actually had a little bit of an arc. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because you find out he's separated from the wife about halfway through, and then at the end you see them kind of like embracing over over them getting together. I love the sweet. fact that like he's talking about like the sanctity of marriage and stuff, and then like the Blythe Danner character, the mom character, is like, oh, you don't even have any room to talk. And he's like, I'm not talking about us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like, you know, I expect better from my daughter, you know? And wow. I But I liked it. I liked his and character. I'm, I'm I with thought you. he did well. It's, like it's sad that you had to go to a third-tier <laughs> third character. Tier. Someone that I didn't even recast no, no, I didn't yeah. either. Yeah, so, I started to. There's way too many characters. So in this what? Movie. Uh, what did the movie do wrong? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I am. I'm. I'm going to put the onus on the script, not giving equal share to uh, the female side. Because mm-hmm. again, we we see why Ben Affleck did 
Ben Affleck. Ben, ben Affleck. Man, you are just ben like adding more shit. Ben Affleck would be attracted. That's what I do. Combining those words to sure, that's her. She's different. She's new. She's quirky. You know, she's uh, refreshing. I keep using that word. There's so many fucking weird moments in this movie where, like, they tried to illustrate, like, that you know he was you know looking at her fondly, that she was something new that he was discovering. <sighs> but like, you could easily recut this movie. To make it look like a like, weird, like talented Mr. Ripley style slash yeah, I was, like, I was like, gonna say that, that or like Silence of the Lambs. Like he's like stalking her the entire movie. Ben Affleck instead. has can seem creepy. Young Ben Affleck, yeah, yeah, didn't quite understand like the nuances. No, of, you're absolutely you know, right. Yeah, uh, just just being subtle. I think of a movie like screen. Chasing Amy, which I love, my favorite Kevin Smith film. Love it, but he is not subtle at all. In no, and he's gritting his teeth at some points, and he just looks. He's, and <laughs> part of the problem is angry. he's acting against Jason Lee. And Jason Lee, uh, to coin the phrase, is a force of nature in that movie. Uh, yeah. He's fucking amazing. And so to try to keep up with Jason yeah. Lee, you know, Ben Affleck's just over-emoting that whole movie. He's, I, I fucking love her. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, Joey Lauren Adams isn't helping either. No, she's, she's not, because she's just Shrieking a like a fucking banshee. She's fucking horrible. <laughs> uh, but I mean, needless to say, like, I fucking love that movie a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's fantastic, because of the writing. Yeah, That's no, so it, it, it's, it is some of his best writing. But no, young Ben Affleck didn't quite get nuance. I mean, you watch, it's funny, because... You know, I, I go back a week or two ago when I saw Gone Girl, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this motherfucker's good. Like, he's doing a good job. He's toned it down. You know, he, he's a good director. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a great performer. Uh, great performer. Uh, I really dig what he does now. He's really good. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's night and day yeah. watching Ben Affleck now, who understands his craft and understands right. performance. He's not full of that young piss and vinegar. Oh, right. You know, he's kind of... You know, become more yeah. mature and comfortable in himself. His acting, and then it's also his character. His character isn't given any. He's kind of a wuss. He's afraid of everything. He doesn't want to try new things. Like, why would Sandra Bullock, who's obviously like a free spirit, why would she even waste her time dragging this guy through life? Right, right. No, I, I agree. Um, Sword fails me. What about I, you? Uh, I think what this movie did wrong, I think that it didn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> I think the, the writing, I mean, everything to me falls down the fucking writing of this movie. Yeah, you are harsh it's, on a bad script too. Rightfully so. It's so it's so bad. And the thing is, you know, I just had a, a workshop with a script that I was really fucking close to, and I thought it was good. But then, you know, seeing it on its feet and hearing some of the criticisms, you know, I'm not quite as keen hmm. on it as I was. You know, I've made some horrible mistakes with that script, hmm. and a lot of it came down to I rushed it. I rushed some things because I didn't know. Uh, I, I I felt doubtful of whether or not I knew how to connect the dots correctly. Hmm. So I just tried to do it as easily as I could, mm-hmm. uh, and hoped that I might be able to kind of BS my way through it. But it all comes down to like writing. The difference between good writing and bad writing is simply the desire to just. The desire and the maturity to sit with it and be patient with it and get it done right, you know, and and work it. Work it until it's right. Don't just fucking put it out there. Don't just finish it and like, okay, it's finished, so now do it. You got to make sure it's right. You got to make sure that it plays well. This script does not play well. I try to imagine, whenever I watch one of these movies, Mm -hmm. I try to imagine, all right, let me just try to imagine the script on the page without hearing their delivery. Let me just kind of go through it, you know, as as I would interpret it. Clinically. Exactly. And uh, and would it still, would it make more sense? Would I be able to kind of play it a different way so that it would work? And no. And it's, you know, a, a lot of it is the dialogue. The dialogue is so bad. You know, especially they, they play him off like he's a writer. And she even calls him a Thank shitty you. writer. Yeah, he is and, a shitty writer. And he is. The very end, that last, like, bit, that, that voiceover bit, where he's uh. like, 
you know, I, I've never, I, yeah, I is, haven't, I haven't forgotten her. I haven't forgotten Sarah, and I don't think I ever will. And <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what? It's like and that's she, like something Doogie Howser would exactly. type on his keyboard at it's the end so of an episode. It's so fucking amateur. It's so elementary school. <laughs> and and he, even the last line is something about all we about, can wish for is a little bit good little, luck and, little, and, and, and some good weather and some good weather. Yeah. And and all, uh. but like he also has this little bit that he goes into about like, but I know I'm a better person now because of what we went through, or I'm, I know mm-hmm. I'm a better person now because of her. Why? How are you a better person? You were right where you where you began. <laughs> yeah. You are where you. You were began. kind of a shitty person to begin with. You so. were a shitty person to begin with. Just you because you're not lying and cheating on your you wife. Kind of cheated on your wife, <laughs> yeah. and then you got through it scot free without having to pay any consequences. Yes. And you are right back where you started. You you didn't lose anything for the bad things that you've done, and you weren't rewarded for the one good thing that you did in this movie. Mm-hmm. Nothing. The audience wasn't rewarded for the good thing he did, and he wasn't punished for the bad things. Uh, it was horrible. Horrible script writing horrible script writing <laughs> horrible fucking script writing on this movie tell us how you really feel about that it was horrible subject. fucking script writing wow this is news to me yeah <laughs> all right so <laughs> if uh if someone wanted yeah. to do a should remake, this be remade should this be remade uh <laughs> with should, should the weather patterns repeat themselves Ooh. <laughs> should the doppler uh, whatever fuck it <laughs> uh if we were to remake this movie joel yeah what would you do with it uh, Just go through it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, how, how many did you recast here? I recast. I recast four. Uh, oh, wow. I went with obviously. I went with Ben, Sarah. Uh, I also recast the Maura Tierney character, Bridget. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I, I recast Alan, the best man, Steve Zahn, the Steve Zahn character. Yep. And then I put a director on it. No, oh, that's kind of what I did too. I added a couple in there. Well, I'll, I'll do the extras then because I, I did recast the bus driver. Oh, did you? The uh, uh, Richard Schiff. Schiff. I love that yeah. guy. He's, he's a uh, great actor. He's from West Wing, and he's the guy who, from Lost World, uh-huh. Second Jurassic Park. It's, Violence uh, and technology, not good bedfellows. <laughs> he's fantastic. Um, I'm recasting him uh, with Danny McBride from uh-huh. uh, Eastbound and awesome. Down. Awesome, awesome. Just because that guy's funny. And I could see him having that type of job where he's wearing Hawaiian t-shirts and driving a bunch of <laughs> octogenarians across country to sell well, the timeshare. I don't share. know. I let a married couple on this bus. I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> <laughs> So I did that. I also recast the ex-boyfriend who keeps trying to hook up with Maura Tierney throughout. He's kind of a he's kind of a meathead. Yeah, uh, never fell out of love with Maura Tierney. I'm not quite sure why. He's a dashing fellow. I'm sure you could pull down some tail. But uh, I like Channing Tatum in that role. I know I use him a lot. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, can't you just see him like a, a hopeless romantic who's who's pining over? I would love to see Jim Parsons in that role. Oh my I, god! I didn't recast him, but now that we're talking about it, I would love to see him play that role. Interesting. Who's who's, tr- who's like singing? Uh, yeah, why do birds? No, no, no. no, no, no it was no. Uh, he, he was singing separate way, separate lives by Phil Collins. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah, yes. <laughs> Except you have to believe that he and her actually had a history. Yes, and, and no. Jim Be- Parsons because, such a beanpole. <laughs> well, I would have believed that Jim Parsons had a history with that character about as much as that other actor that played him in this movie. Yeah, he's shorter. He, well, I just didn't believe him. Yeah. I didn't. I just felt like he was just some character actor. He felt like. They grabbed somebody from the fucking pocket sandwich theater and just <laughs> threw him in this movie. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so then I, I also did the the maid of honor, Debbie, who shows up halfway through the movie. And, and the, is... the only other movie I remember this woman in was in Night at the Roxbury. She plays the oh, yeah. the operator that Chris Kattan keeps calling. I had up. No idea who she was. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I like Anna Faris in that role. That'd be she's a good role for her. And, uh, yeah. She never really gets to. Well, I guess she does. She play sidekick much. She's usually either a, a lead. Recently, she's usually a lead. What do we know Anna Faris from? The she's scary the, movie, the bunny, movies. the house bunny, and house bunny. Yeah, she's there you house go. House bunny. She's like she's kind of like the female Adam Sandler. 
Oh, please. No, That's she, an but, insult. No, but you look at her movies, look at the films that she's done. Yeah. She's kind of the female Adam she's Sandler. She's better than Adam as far Sandler. As, look, I'm not talking from a quality <laughs> standpoint. I'm just talking about what the listeners would kind of understand. Okay. She's kind of like the the female Adam Sandler. Good physical comedian. Uh-huh. Uh, does, does comedy well. I mean, I agree He's with you. I think ice. she's far more talented. And if she is the maid of honor, she'd be traveling cross country with uh, the Steve Zahn character, who I recast with uh, Michael Sarah. Nice. Scott Pilgrim's yeah. Michael Sarah. Who do you have in that role? Uh, okay. Oh, are we going back and forth now? Oh, yeah, might as well. You know, just like burn three years? I can. Uh, go ahead and go three years. All right. Why not? Uh, Michael Sarah in that role, I only have three left, I guess, so might as well. Yeah. The more, more, fuck it. More tyranny. More Bridget. tyranny. Yes, thank you. I should just call by the character's just say, name. Just say Bridget. The the bride to be. Uh, are you familiar with an actress named Leighton Meester? Yes. Who? She. I I find her very attractive, Joe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'd like to see her in this role. Like she's in a lot of roles, if you know what I'm saying. Blah. Um, but uh, I could. See, she she's a fine enough actress. <laughs> I just try to give she's you. Like, I try enough. to give you nothing back. <laughs> I know. Thanks for the give and take. Uh, so good actress, but you could also see her being a somewhat sympathetic character, but uh-huh. also maybe a little cheating side herself. Yeah, a little vixen, okay. Leighton Meester. And then in my my two lead roles, the Ben Affleck and Sandra Bullock characters, uh, I'm choosing some actors who have chemistry both on and off the camera. Uh huh. Off the camera. On and off camera. On and, and, off, camera. On and off screen. It was the the that I added that made yeah. it sound weird. It's okay. On screen. Um. Starting a couple of movies together, uh, you may know them as the Amazing Spider-Man movies. <laughs> Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. Nice. Uh, forces of nature in this movie. I think that's good. Yeah, they have great chemistry. They do. They, they really are the do. cutest say what fucking you couple. Want. You say what you want about the Spider-Man movies. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that don't like them. They're not the most popular as I far never as saw the Marvel them. properties. I, I like them for the most part. Yeah. I think I think they do a pretty decent job with it. But I know there's a lot of people that get a little like hypercritical. Uh, you know what? I've been one of them. When it comes to certain movies, I can be hypercritical. What? But with Spider-Man? No. Spider-Man, I just kind of... I, I don't know. I got a soft spot. You even don't have a lot the, invested. Even for the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, I'm like, eh, they're fun. Oh, yeah. Does, Love he, the first does two. he swing around on a fucking web and fight crime? <laughs> all right. That's all I need. That was like for the first Transformers movie, and people were losing their shit about how it's not what it should be. I'm like, are they fucking cars? They're Do robots. they turn into robots? Yeah. Do they fucking fight each other? Sold. Check, check, like, and check. That's all I want. Yeah. And now you get to the point where they are now, and they, they fucking suck ass, but you know, that's all I wanted out of the movies originally. All right. My Who, director, I should say, uh, is the director of Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Guy's name is Mark Webb. Mark Webb. What better guy than to uh, than the guy who's directed the both of them before? Okay, Pretty gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to go through mine really quick. I really like this guy, and unfortunately, you know, he's... Um, He's you're gonna you might see a little bit of a theme with uh, a couple of these. Uh, a lead motif. I think he's he's a really stop it. Man. It's like you just read that word today <laughs> I did. and then start throwing it out. Uh, Cinema verite, John. It's like whenever I throw out like tangentially related. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so no, this guy he's no stranger to road movies. In oh. fact, he did three of them with a guy named Cal Penn. Oh, uh, these movies called Harold and Kumar. Interesting. Uh, I went with John Cho. Yeah, because I I like that he's. I'd, unfortunately, he's in that show Selfie, which is fucking horrible. It but looks I bad. Think, it looks bad. I think he's he's really good. He's great. He's so funny. He plays a great straight man. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that's what the Steve Zahn character should have been. A little bit more of a straight man, awkward. Yeah. Who just kind of wants to help his buddy out, but. I, I think it would have been really funny to see John Cho, this like awkward straight man at the the strip club in the beginning of the movie, like trying to be like the the guy who's who's like set up the bachelor party, and he's just like 
just awkward, like just <laughs> deathly fucking awkward. I like that. Somebody to even further offset the Ben character a little bit. Okay, uh, can't wait our, to hear. Okay, so Bridget, the uh, the 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 fiance, fiance, the Maura Tierney character. Uh, I ended up going with Anna Kendrick. Oh yes, because I feel oh, that's fantastic. I feel like she. Uh, She's she's cute. Yeah, she is. She's uh, she's really good. She, she's my wheelhouse, got, buddy. She's got a great vulnerability to her, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you can see her playing like the woman who pushes the guy who's making just too many advances. Like yeah. maybe she's made some mistakes, but she's also feisty enough to kind of push him away. Hey, enough. Yeah. Uh, I feel like she would chew up scenery a little bit better than Maura Tierney did in Maura this movie. Maura Tierney's just kind of a she's she's, she's a little bit she's of a blank there. slate. She is. Yeah. Tabula rasa. And some I feel, might say. Oh my god. <laughs> I, so I feel like uh, I feel like Anna. Kendrick would have been a little bit stronger in that role. Yeah. Uh, I move, love her. Moving on up to... Has our, she been bad uh, in anything? Sorry, I'm not done with Anna Kendrick yet. No. No, I of liked, course not. I liked her in everything. Even that... Rapture Palooza. <laughs> She's fantastic I, in that. I liked her in that. Um, all right. All right, moving on up to Sarah she and married? Ben. No, she's not. Okay. So you're saying there's a chance. No. All right, I'll let you there's move no, on. There's no chance. Not God for damn, you. God damn you. God. Are, can I get can I get through this? Maybe is there more Anna Kendrick talk? <laughs> yeah, there is. is. She is she the lead role? She plays Sandra Bullock. She plays she plays Ben. <laughs> <laughs> That's the lead. All right, no. So the Sandra Bullock character Sarah, uh, I decided to go with Zoe Deschanel. Oh, uh, I that was she was kind of my runner up, and uh, and the, my reason for this, and it was mostly at this point when I decided I wanted to go with Zoe Deschanel for this role, was because it, it was the scene at the the laundromat. When she's like wrapping up the gift and she's like hanging out, it, it was that, and even in like the Kmart, like it was so like wacky, like what yeah. was going on, and it seemed very Zoe Deschanel. She's like, quirky. I I could see her doing the stuff that's going on in this moment of this movie. Yeah, I could totally see this being Zoe Deschanel. She's got that free spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of it harkens back a little bit to Five Hundred Days of Summer. That's exactly what I was thinking of too. Yeah, uh, and uh, and and. I like Zoe Deschanel. I know a lot of people kind of come down hard on her. <laughs> I don't think she's the strongest actress in the world. She's not bad, but neither I mean, she is Sandra Bullock. She does what she Bullock. does. No, uh, certainly not. She does what she does. Exactly. But I, I like her. I think she's cute. Mm-hmm. She's cute enough to be, uh, to, to be tempting. Yes, you know, a, a little bit tempting. Something that's kind of this this ethereal X factor to someone who's so grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I would I would love to see her play this role. And I went with someone who has some on-screen chemistry with her. Mark Wahlberg. No, I went with <laughs> I went with uh, Jake Johnson, who's on the new girl with her, and, oh. and he was also in Let's Be Cops. Yes, that Jeff and he's I fantastic. They've got a great chemistry with one another. Yeah, they do. And I think that when he buckles down and he plays a straight man, character, I love him. I think he's really good, and I th- he's got an everyman quality to him, mm-hmm. but. He can also be unsympathetic when we need him to be, and I can see him with Anna Kendrick too. Yes, like that's a, that's a yeah, good it's, triangle. It's, it's age appropriate. Yeah, uh, nicely done. And uh, and you know what? The the director for this originally, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna dig him up from the grave, and I'm gonna have John Hughes direct this. Thing. <laughs> uh, but since I can't get the king of the road movies to come back from the dead and direct, uh-huh. I decided I go with the next best thing and go with Todd Phillips. Now, who is he? Who gave us Road tr- uh, road Trip oh. and The Hangovers <laughs> 1 through 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the dude has done, like, plenty of road movies. He's He knows how to do, he knows how to balance comedy with some heart A little bit of well. heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't do it quite as well anymore, but if you look at something like Old School, Old School has that perfect balance. Yeah. 
Uh, and I would love to see that energy kind of thrown in. Nicely done. I think you win. You win this week's recasting. Thank you very, very much. Good show. Good form. Um, All right. So if you have any thoughts about Forces of Nature, you can always write us on our Facebook page. Uh, Just go to Facebook, look up The Editing Bay, look for The Lady with the Bleeding Eyes. That's us. You can give us your thoughts. Tell us what you want us to watch and then uh, talk about here on the podcast. We've also got our website, right, Joel? We do have our website. It is not The Editing Bay. It's not Edit Bay. It's editingbay.com. www, of course, in front of that. And you can go and uh, you can listen to all of our shows right there off the website. See pictures from the live show we did back there in April. Uh, find out about upcoming stuff, such as we got a new page on there, and an as of yet unpopulated page uh, about the <laughs> Eddie you still, Awards. You still not put the, the nominees up? Listen, I've been very busy. I apologize to the listeners, but we're going to have a deluge here. We're going to do it on the Facebook uh, page as well, where uh-huh. you can uh, you can vote. Well, I should explain what the Eddie Awards are. Since That's we're coming right. up at the end of the year, we're going to have uh, several categories we're going to let you, the listener, vote on. Uh, we have top four categories. Um, or, you know, four four nominees in each category. Uh-huh. And what are the categories we've announced so far? Worst Actress. We've got, uh, well, yeah, Worst Actress, Worst Actor. Worst Actor. We've got The Biggest Surprise. Right. And The Biggest Disappointment. Mm-hmm. A movie that we thought was going to be good and wasn't really. Yeah. And then uh, one that we didn't think was going to be good and was. And it was, yeah. Uh, new categories this week? Well, let's get the old categories up before get we the, start. Yeah, let's get the old categories <laughs> up and get those taken care of. But you'll be able to see them right there on... If you don't see them in the next week, that's Joel. Yeah, right, right totally Joel, my fault. he's in charge of I'm that. doing it this weekend, though. You'll, you'll, it'll be up there. Not by the time this one drops. Though, so <laughs> wait again. But uh, they'll be there, and then you'll be able to vote on the categories. And at the end of the year, we'll do a special episode... Uh, announcing the winners of the Editing Editing the Editing edi- Awards the Editing Awards the Ben Affleck Awards. Oh my God, we need to sober you up. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, uh, if you do listen to us, you download us on uh, your iPhone, your iTunes app, whatever it's called. Uh, just go ahead and give us a little bit of review. You know, give us a five star uh, rating and uh, and review us. And let us know how we're doing, and tell your friends about the show. We'd love to to grow the show here and some of the other shows that we have on the Next Wave Radio Network. We've got Jeff and Sam doing my comic life. Love it, Jeff, John, Jay, sometimes me doing the uh, the Eight Bit Gladiators, and on the Eight Bit Gladiators channel, Jeff and I do the Quest, where we talk about old games that I've never been able to play through as a kid. Maybe I wasn't good enough at the time, and uh, now as an adult, I force myself to finish these things. Dude, I love the claim glory. I loved the Zelda Two episode that you did a couple of weeks back. Where oh, you, yeah. you went back and replayed. I felt you, man. That is an awful game. It's it is frustratingly hard. So difficult. I, I bow down to you for having completed that. Well, thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, if relationship talk is your thing, um, or just having sex with random farm <laughs> animals and produce, you could listen <laughs> to listen to Daniel and Angela or Angela and Daniel. Uh, we've also got our sports talk with MVP. Oh, and also on this channel, Jeff and I do Afternoon Delight, where we'll go see something that's actually playing in the theaters and yeah. kind of tell you if it's worth you spending your money. Uh, I believe the last one we went to see Into was the... Fury. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, so enjoy those shows and give them all a little bit of uh, rating love and uh, and reviews. And again, tell your friends about it. Next week, we will be back with a, a remake uh, of, uh, oh. of an old black exploitation classic. Oh no! Uh, a, a little film starring Batman's Christian Bale. What? Uh, and the Avengers Samuel L. Jackson. A Wh- film that I like to call 
Shaft, because that's what it's oh called. Oh, my God. Oh, I was like, when did Christian Bale and Samuel L. Jackson? Oh, yes. yes. Have you seen this before? Uh, a long time ago. I did, too. This will be, be an interesting one to revisit. Yes. Because uh, my opinions may have changed in the, the last decade. Well, what, what surprises me about it is the cast of this movie. You know, not only it's directed by John Singleton, yep. who gave us Boys in the Hood, mm-hmm. uh, but we've got Sam Jackson, mm-hmm. Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Christian Bale, Oscar winner. Right. We've got uh, Tony Collette, didn't she win an Oscar? At least she was she nominated. nominated uh, not... Jeffrey Wright, who is Ooh. also Oscar nominated. Yeah. Uh, what, so, for Basquiat? Uh, either Basquiat or, I think, Traffic. Oh, I forget he was in that. Yeah, you might um, So, yeah, this is a whole lot of oh talent God. in a movie that has no business with this much talent in it. No, you're right. Yeah. Oh, and you know what, Joe? Is this a pre-9-11 movie as well? I believe it is. It might be a pre-9-11 yep. movie. So look for some of those tropes I talked about yep. earlier. It can be found on Netflix. Yes. So if you want to watch it before we talk about it, just go to Netflix and check it out. I so think you should. Week, next week, going to talk about Shaft. Until <laughs> then, we have been the editing bay for uh, for Joel and Jeff. Thanks so much, Jeff, for staying up with yeah. Recording us tonight. Uh, again, we are the editing bay. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.